0: I'm Tyler.
1: To survive war, you gotta become war. Dennering.
2: I'm Connery. Welcome to the men's room, Hanson.
1: <laughs> and I'm Cutter. There are some things that men were not meant to splice white. <laughs> <laughs> just a few things. Yeah, just a tiny bit. It's a small portion. Not a cow.
0: What, what's a cow have in the, in the lab? I like that a lot. Some mutant cow.
2: It's like multiple udders or something. I don't remember.
0: Well, I remember this movie very well. It's hard to forget. And this is the franchise, the podcast where friends get together and talk about movie franchises. Today, we leave the little town of, oh, my God, I need to, like, look everything up again.
1: <laughs> I thought you don't forget the movie. Yeah, I don't. What was it called again? Gremlins 2? New York City. No. <laughs> <laughs> the town. <laughs> Not New York City. Okay, okay, okay. Today we
0: leave Kingston Falls in the state of I don't know. It's probably right next to wherever USA. Yeah, anywhere USA, right next to Hill Valley. It could also be Hill Valley in a different dimension. Yeah. And we go on to the big city, the Big Apple, Chinatown,
2: New York City, Chinatown. Is the whole thing China? Like, where is the giant building? I think the giant building is somewhere in downtown, downtown Manhattan. And then he, no, he wants to just no. annihilate Chinatown for some reason. Yeah, well, for money. Yeah, developers. He's a Trump-like figure. Very much. Do you think but they yeah, want here to we cast are. Trump, but they're like, he will, He won't do it for some reason? He won't have an extended, like,
0: supporting role in this movie that's mocking him? Yeah. I don't know why he won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say in, a in, a, a Home Alone 2? He's just like the lobby's the, that way, or something. Down the,
2: where the lobby? It's that way. Something to lift you, little dick. Uh, get out of my way! And he pushes him down. <laughs> Anyways, this
0: isn't already cursed at all. Uh, we are covering Gremlins Two, the new batch today, follow up from Gremlins, and joining us again is Cutter White.
1: Thanks for having me back on the podcast.
0: Someone Connery has dubbed the Gremlinologist.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw that on social media, like and it? I have questions. Did <laughs> I? I didn't go to enough university for this title, oh. so your title is plagiarized. I don't understand. You, you don't think you deserve I'm a, it? G- I'm a gremlinologist <laughs> candidate. Are you, t- you should have been a. Uh, you should have been Cutter
0: Doctor Catheter White. Oh no! <laughs> God, gross. Oh
1: no.
2: He's a gremlinologist, basically. He is. We want freedom. I called that one the Fraser Gremlin. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out who that guy was. He sounded Australian. But before we
0: talk about Gremlins 2, the new batch, a uh, very peculiar sequel. Yeah. That explores the very meaning of what it is to be a
2: sequel. Oh, I was going to say, explores so the very meaning to be in New York City. Because I feel like that's all it really <laughs> wants to talk about. The very meaning of Christmas. <laughs> just
0: kidding, Christmas is over. Done. Gremlins 2, no mention of Christmas.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We have to do our usual segment of, what's new?
1: <laughs> what's new?
0: What's new is just our recent explorations in movies. Uh, video games, books. I always want to put books earlier, but I'm like, do any of
1: us read? Some people do. Some of our guests do. I I start a lot of books. I'm currently... Yeah, I got a couple going. good. On the burners. Um, Yeah. Any new music
2: as well? Connery, what's new with you? Uh, What's new with me? I've been playing this video game called Tales of Arise because I'm just desperately waiting for February to start and just whatever can carry me through. Is gonna do it, <laughs> and yeah, it's a it's an anime video game about a medieval fantasy world, and but there's also like a technology other planet that is like its neighbor and is invading them, and it's very anime. One of the things I'm enjoying most about it is the theme song that they play after every chapter. They kind of just like the new episode, play the theme song. The theme song's actually really good. <laughs>
0: Is a bunch of good theme songs, or is the same theme song? It
2: had one theme song for a really long time, and then I got to the point where I was like, okay, the game's over, I beat the last, like, big bad guy, now what? Like, roll credits. And then it started up with a new theme song, and I was like, oh, season two's coming now! (laughs) So I'm basically in season two of this anime video game now, where we gotta get to space to, like, fight the bad guys.
0: Oh, wow, so it really feels like it's, like, over?
2: Yeah, like, it it literally feels like it's... It's over after the first part, and they're like, season two. And I'm like, oh, what? How fun. It's like a new theme song, new animation. I'm like, oh, wow, this is pretty great. It follows the format I feel like of most anime seasons. Like the second theme song is much more, second season theme song is much more like sad than like the first season one. (laughs) But, you know, it's been pretty cool. It's basically like Devil May Cry combat meets like RPG, action RPG stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's just building combos and like doing crazy stunts. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I saw uh, when I came by to record, oh, the first Gremlins. Yeah. You were playing it, I think, and and, uh, they were all calling their catchphrases every time they used an ability.
2: Everyone's screaming their move at each other, and I'm like, okay, this is horrible. (laughs) I tried to figure out a way if you could stop that. You can't. Yeah. You're not
0: a fan of January? Why are you waiting for February? I'm what's, waiting what's for February
2: on? because there's so many games coming out in February. And my birthday, which is one of my favorite things. So... <laughs> my birthday, my favorite thing. So, like, in February, there's uh, what's called Dying Light 2. There's uh, Sifu. There's Horizon Forbidden West. And then, of course, Elden Ring. The thing that I'm really most anticipated. So, I think everyone's most anticipated that's paying attention to that. But... Yeah. Uh other than that, I yesterday I read through a stack of like forty comic books that I haven't been reading for like the past few weeks. Forty? Yeah, I had a giant <laughs> stack on my coffee table and I read through them all after like weeks In and weeks uh... of it piling up and me not reading them. I was like, I gotta read all these, so I just read them yesterday. Um do you want to categorically
0: review all forty or do you want to pick out a few? I'm to, so uh, glad you asked about the full stack.
2: <laughs> just boom. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like uh, the few standouts are Tom King's Human Target, which is really cool. It's basically about some like an old, of course, DC character who's like a master of disguise, and uh, he basically saves Lex Luthor from being poisoned by being his like double. And supposedly, one of the members of the Justice of the JLI Justice League International or something did it. So he's just kind of interviewing everybody and being like, "Who did it?" We'll have you this like kind of like of course noir detective monologue with ice the girl who's kind of flirting with him. Uh, so he's like an old uh, DC Comics character. You said like yeah, I guess he's like thirties or something. Yeah, probably thirties or forties. But Human Target wow. is his name.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah, and uh, there's that one. Um, what else? Oh, Radiant Black is actually really good. It's like Power Rangers, but like a little bit more big boy, which is actually really fun. Uh, what else did I really enjoy that was standing out? It's like the full stacks, like blurring together.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Batman Catwoman. That's really, that's really fun too, but it's also by Tom King. I don't know. I'm trying to parse out things that aren't Tom King that I like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I was just, uh, I was just quiet for a second cause I was trying to look up human target, yeah. but apparently he's in the fifth and sixth seasons of the arrow.
1: Oh, cool. Oh,
2: nice. But I guess that's what's new with me. Just I uh, finished a giant stack of comics, and I have a giant stack of graphic novels to go to, go through for uh, that I got for Christmas. So that'll be fun too. <laughs> I guess that's also that's really new with me. Tyler, what's new with you? Uh, I recently watched the Peter Jackson movie Bad Taste
0: again. Oh. Uh, his first movie, which he made like I think over a couple of years with his friends in, in when he was in his twenties. Um. Just takes place around, I think, his hometown and stuff. But it's basically an alien invasion That's movie. Cool. Uh, a lot of fun prosthetics that apparently he made in his mom's oven. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is like went back, like, Peter Jackson originally was like a, like a splatter kind of like horror guy, basically. Yeah. A lot of the movies he made.
1: How goopy is
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly goopy. goopy. Uh, there's a part where they have to drink this goopy fluid. So, yeah, it's very goopy um yeah i don't know it's just fun like low budget filmmaking you know you got to be like in a (laughs) certain mood to want to watch it for sure because it's it's a pretty uh, it's very tongue-in-cheek and like self-aware of that it's like a low budget thing but it is still a low budget (laughs) very low budget (laughs) movie but um considering that it's just like a bunch of friends made it over like a couple years um it's it's surprisingly cohesive of a story Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like an hour 20 minutes um peter jackson peter jackson plays two roles <laughs> as well as directing it cool have you seen it cutter
1: um no but he was just on the mark Marin podcast and he said that like they made it on the weekends which i always find like so incredible but i've never seen anything is so that must be before meet the feebles i've never seen anything before that
0: yeah it was like his very first movie it was like 87 or something wow. like that nice um there's that, and then Braindead, or Slash, Dead Alive, and then Meet the Peoples, I think. But those are kind of like his splattery <laughs> movies.
2: That's so funny that's like his origin films.
0: Yeah, and like you can kind of like, you can't really see it much nowadays, but if you, like, I think the Hobbits, mo- the Hobbit movies are more influenced by that old history than like Lord of the Rings, yeah. for sure. It's just like, Lord of the Rings are like, what? This guy made these movies? <laughs> Like it's really bizarre, but um, especially like the extended edition of Battle of the Five yeah. Armies. Like I know, like I know, like nobody has seen this, but I have it on Blu-ray. Um, I like watching the Hobbit movies every every I so mean, often, but that one is like very just splattery. I like when we
2: spend a month and a half doing the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings back to back. Oh God, I, I I feel like that'd be whiplash <laughs> for everybody. Be like, yeah, these. Like, especially after Lord of the Rings, it's like, these movies suck. We're going to do The Hobbit first and then Lord of the Rings. We're going to go from suck to good.
1: Oh, you're right.
2: I don't think The Hobbit movies suck, though. Like, but. There's some parts. They're definitely not Lord of the Rings.
1: They kind of suck, dude. It's okay. He got (laughs) smaller, and that's
0: the
2: redeeming grace for me. And he's in one movie. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, last thing I was going to say about Bad Taste is that there is... (laughs) There's a part where the alien Peter Jackson or like brain controlled Peter Jackson is driving this weird vehicle where like the, the, the uh, wheel, like the driver's, uh, why am I spacing steering on that? What uh, the steering wheel? Thank God <laughs> losing my mind is like up on the second level of it. But in the front is like a cardboard cutout of the Beatles. And I was like, Hey, uh, ever since the beginning, <laughs> Peter Jackson's all loved comes the Beatles. full
1: circle. <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, that's on Two B TV right now. Cutter, what's new with you? All
1: right, I'm gonna go for the uh, the round the horn books, TV, music, and movie challenge. It's possible. Here we go, really, really quickly.
0: I was reading a book while watching a movie while listening to radio. It was really incoherent. Well,
1: (laughs) yes, it is very incoherent. So speaking of the Beatles, I've been reading a great book called Here, There, and Everywhere, which is a, um, it is kind of like an autobiographic tale of Jeff Emmerich, who was an EMI recording artist. And he kind of like takes this fly on the wall approach of being someone that helped the Beatles record everything, but not necessarily involved with them in any artistic way. He was just very much The technician. Um, So it's really a great kind of look at this guy from the generation before the Beatles that embraced all the kind of uh, you know the changing tides and like changing of like the way they recorded to make their new music. Um, It's been great. Been kind of on a kick since watching Get Back, the Peter Jackson doc. So it's been big for me there. Um, Music that I have been really enjoying lately. I've liked this band called Nolan Potter, the Nightmare Band. Like a psychedelic uh, psychedelic rock band from Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. They have a big uh, big usage of the flute. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like, flute-age. there's a lot of flutage, and it's great. <laughs> if you like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, but the songs with the flute... <laughs> or, Jeth- or Jethro Toll. It's kind of like in that territory.
0: King, King Gizzard, but with more flute.
1: With all the flute. It's quite excellent. Um, the TV show I've been watching, and I'm not caught up to date, so maybe I don't want to say this, but I have been watching Succession. I've been getting onto that oh, nice. train. Oh, it's fun. I haven't watched it at all. It is truly fantastic, especially if you want to see. Um, Insanely wealthy people be terrible humans and ruin their lives. It's cool. great. Um, season three just finished on HBO, and I know everyone's been raving about it for years. I've slowly been watching it here and there, and really been enjoying it. Nice, really. good.
0: I haven't I haven't watched any of it. I just read that recent New Yorker article about Jeremy Strong being like incredibly method, but
1: like beyond the point of method. There's always. I feel like people, uh, huh? People from Succession would fit in very well to both Gremlins Two and the Real World, and it's great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll check it out at some point. (laughs) There's also like maybe it's just not my territory to to like the kind of thing I would be into because there's also another. uh, There was a meme on Twitter that was just like everyone talking about a certain part of succession and the image always looks like this and then it's just like a stock photo of people working in an office no (laughs) like yeah this doesn't look very interesting to me like i know i'm sure it's great but just like it's all business stuff right like i know i'm very being very reductive but like it's it's a family drama with like a lot of
2: is it mostly about uh, buying for a father's love or
0: something Yeah, look, I'm trying to describe a show I haven't watched at all, but Cutter, yeah. how would you,
1: how, what's the hook for
0: me to get yeah, into it? Yeah,
1: convince him. The hook for... Well, I I think that it's kind of like the lunacy of what people like try to push themselves into these situations to make things work is why it's interesting. Yeah. It's not necessarily like... There's a lot of family drama, there's a lot of politics and business drama, but ultimately... It's about these people that are just like kind of vying for their own self worth and attention, even though none of them truly have it. They've just inherited it mm. from someone that did work very hard. So I think it's a really interesting thing to like look at a generation and like the plight of people that like grew up post boomer, like what they are trying to do for themselves. The plight of the wealthy uh, it gets me every the post-boomer time. Post boomer wealthy. And then um, the last thing I wanted to mention, I have watched the new Guillermo del Toro, Nightmare oh, Alley. is it good? It is truly fantastic, yes. and I love it. And um, he is, like, absolutely at the top of his craft right now. Mm. And I think doing this kind of, you know, it's a remake of a 40s noir, um, I think it's a really incredible film and uh, everyone should see it. I don't really see a lot of people talking because about Spider-Man it, ate it anywhere. Yeah, Spider-Man ate all the things. and <laughs> But you know what? Nightmare Alley is now a franchise that deserves all the attention that Spider-Man is getting because it is beautiful and twisted and dark and creepy and strange and it's so oh, I'm good. so excited. So I'm going to watch it when it's streaming somewhere. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Connery. It's like you'd rather know. It's like you're like, is it good? I'm like, I don't even want to know if it's good or bad. I just need to go see it. <laughs> well, it and helps
2: like, me. I'm like, if I'm like if Cutter thinks it's good, I can be like, okay, I can like my expectations are like good now. Where I was excited before, but like I don't know. I just nobody was talking about it. Like I knew nothing.
0: Yeah, truly, no one. I mean,
2: also, yeah, it came out around the same time the as Spider Man,
0: and then also like Omicron. So it's just like that's my reason I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's like I don't know if I want to spend two and a half hours in the theater right now, but, like, I definitely need to see it. But.
1: Well, let's put it this way. If you go, you probably will be the only one sitting in that theater by yourself. Mm. Yeah, but, I yeah. guess you're right. You um, know, yeah. if you uh, are not able to go out to the theater right now and you're still waiting for it to become available, the original 1947 Nightmare Alley is available on the Criterion Collection and is a truly fantastic noir from that era if you're interested in the story of this Carney man turned psychiatrist turned detective. weirdo. Turned weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> no, How there is a is... franchise. Huh? There is no there is no detective in the movie. That's oh, why it's yeah. a very interesting noir.
2: Nice.
1: How is a franchise
0: favorite Willem Dafoe yes. in Nightmare Alley?
1: Defoe is great. He is Pretty much the, like, antagonist of the first part of the movie when he's part of the carnival. And he's truly, like, he's got that grifter, carny, like, big energy. (laughs) You know, he kind of can, like, he kind of can control a room at, like, even with the silliest of content. He kind of, like, is that captivating. And he... He really gets to just do what he wants in his scenes. It's great. Remember he gave that big speech
2: in the lighthouse and how good he was in that? Yes.
1: He's a little more grounded than in the lighthouse <laughs> in this one. <laughs> yeah. but I, I, It's i true. That's
2: one of my favorite speeches he's ever... I was like, shit, that was great. <laughs> that's a four-minute speech he screams at, Robert. That's awesome.
0: Shooting flecks of spit yeah, everywhere. It's good. He basically does the same thing to Acting. Spider-Man. Um, well, cool, uh, that, yeah, Nightmare Alley in theaters and Nightmare Alley, the original on Criterion Channel and Succession on HBO uh, Max. <laughs> Tyler on the it's podcast, the the podcast. <laughs> I guess just to round it out real quick before we get into Gremlins Two, because it also relates. Uh, I watched the campaign on HBO Max a little while ago. It's a, that Jay Roach comedy from uh, like eight years ago with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis, kind of like when Zach Galifianakis was in a lot oh, of movies. Oh, I remember movies. that. I saw
2: that movie. Um, yes, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, and it's like, uh, it didn't really have me in the first third. I'm like, all right, some of, some of this like just doesn't really work for me. But the, more, the farther it goes in, it's basically a, like a political election. It's like Will Ferrell plays this Southern Democrat who is always gets reelected, even though he does like a bunch of crappy <laughs> stuff that people don't like aren't really aware of. And then Zach Galifianakis is like kind of used by these like Koch brother um, analogies to like be the Republican running person against him uh, because he's also from like a, a small he, town. political family. <laughs> yeah. A small town. He just, but he actually like really cares about his small town, but uh, it ends up not even really being as much about like Democrats and Republicans as just like a satire about like the political system and like elections mm-hmm. in general. Um and then there's a lot of legitimately like funny moments. Like I laughed out loud like a lot. Yeah, it gets right? really funny. <laughs> um as it gets farther on and farther on, like just becomes more further into lunacy <laughs> uh about like the American system. And it's it's kind of a thing where it's just like it does these things but it also doesn't take itself so seriously. So I enjoyed yes. that a lot. Um a uh something similar to that <laughs> recently like don't look up uh oh don't don't say it
1: it. don't say it don't Don't, say
0: it what don't look up
1: don't say it don't watch it don't watch it it. (laughs) that's all i'll say Um, save your brain cells is that like the newest movie jennifer lawrence
2: has been in she's been kind of chilling for a little bit
1: yeah she has
2: well she i think
0: she's spending time on her personal life and she got married and she's about to have a kid i think um, yeah, because I think it might be one of her f- first things since yeah. Mother. Like, she was ago. like, I need a break after Mother. <laughs> but then, yeah, but then you're like, oh, I haven't seen her in a while. And then, like, I'm like, oh, let me, like, look up her Wikipedia and stuff. And it's like, she is
2: 31. I'm just like, Jesus, like, even if she's gone for three years, she, like, just started so yeah. young. And she was she's uh, just like, being a, like was a, a star. But well, she's a big deal. So, like, when she's gone, you kind of feel that she's gone. <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyways, I was, tr- was going to segue from the campaign to Gremlins 2, but you know you know what movie uh, J-Law's not in? Gremlins 2.
1: What's that? Gremlins 2. The oh, match. great. <laughs>
0: That's my transition now. Um, Cutter, what's your personal history with this movie as opposed to the first one?
1: Oh, boy. Um, Gremlins 2, my connection is that I always have seen it immediately <laughs> after... Gremlins 1, oh, to the wow. point where someone always is like, hey, you know, there's a sequel. I think that's the first time I saw it with a friend in college. We watched Gremlins 1, and they immediately whipped out number 2. We're like, are you ready? And I was like, wait, there's more? I'm, like, I'm ready? not ready. <laughs> so,
0: oh, trust me, there's more.
1: So you've had like a <laughs> oh, like,
2: four-hour experience now that you know Gremlin 2 exists. Like, watching these. I think
1: yes, and I do think that Gremlins 2, and then I have been to the like gremlins double feature like many years ago at the new for before the two together and yes i do think number two uh kind of like excels immediately after the other one because it's just like the slow decay into like insanity <laughs> insanity
0: yeah, this is definitely, yeah, that makes total sense, because it's like, oh, if I watched this right after the last one, it would, I would still be in that vibe or whatever, but then I took a few days off in between watching them, and this one has points was like, oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just getting more and more, like, it, it's like to the point where it feels like it hates the audience. <laughs> it hates the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's like look at these gremlins look they at have gremlins. a moment where they're
2: doing a review of gremlins one happening in the movie and the gremlins attack the critic yeah. like who what what's going on guys yeah leonard malton that's because he
0: gave the first gremlins a bad review he's basically reading his own oh. review in that scene and then he gets attacked by gremlins that's a lot but that's that's jumping ahead a little too much but yeah kind of you've just seen yeah. you've seen this a bunch like back to back
1: I've always seen it very closely, and this time I rewatched it, uh, but I did take a couple days away from our recent viewing of Gremlins 1, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I do enjoy this movie a good bit. I think it's a lot of fun, and the creativity is just, like, off the charts, but it is so outlandish. Um, Before we started recording, I had sent Connery the really great Key and Peele sketch where they talk about the creation of Gremlins 2. And, um it, I don't know if you've seen. have you seen that Tyler? No. It's a really good. It's a good bit. I laughed it yeah, it, everyone's gotta search this, just key and peel gremlins too, but basically they sit in a boardroom and they all go around the table and say the most outlandish idea they have for a gremlin. And all of those things are not jokes. They're actually just what's in the movie. Like, so it's like You get to decide <laughs> what
2: gremlin do you want to be in? And he's like, a spider gremlin. Spider gremlin, good! <laughs> and it's like He's like, can, can the Hulkster be in it? Of course the Hulkster can be in it!
0: <laughs> Electricity gremlin, <Yeah>. vegetable gremlin.
1: <laughs> Truly, salad bar gremlin is like yeah. the man of our times. He is perfect. <laughs> I like the stupid one.
0: He was ahead of the time with Kale.
1: It's true, it's true. Um, but I do think the movie is a lot of fun and I like kind of like the shift from I feel like Gremlins one is so about the humans with the gremlins in mm-hmm. it, and Gremlins two is kinda like, Hey, this is the Gremlins movie with the humans in it. It's like yeah. the opposite a yeah. little bit, and we don't
0: It's like barely even about Gizmo, it's just like check out all these gremlins. <laughs> it's about the zany demon creatures. <laughs> And I think, like, the, the character with, like, possibly the most screen time is Grandpa Fred. <laughs> I, is, I like that his name's Grandpa Fred, even though he's, like, not anybody's no, grandpa, not. right?
2: And I like that they clarify, no, like, it, they almost died. They're not dead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, uh, what's that's his Futterman. name? Featherman. Yeah, Featherman. He, and he's in the first yeah, movie. He's almost, Yeah, uh, it seems like stuff. he's wow. gonna die. But then they do the,
0: they do the sequel thing where it's just like, oh, just kidding. He didn't die. Like, they're fine. They almost died.
1: Yeah, he's great. Um, what's his name, Dick? Dick Miller. Yeah, yeah. He's always classic, and he's kind of like he's in a lot of other Joe Dante movies. Like he's in Explorers and he's in the Burbs. He's a good time.
0: Yeah, uh Connery. I was talking about uh, the the vampire newsman, <laughs> right? Grandpa, Grandpa yeah. Fred played by Robert Prosky. <laughs> it's just very strange yeah. that, like, after seeing something like Thief, where he's just, like, incredibly intense and mm-hmm. scary, and then seeing him as, like, a,
2: a Dracula grandpa, like, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> That great. was pretty funny. He just wants to be a news anchor so bad. <laughs> uh, that that yeah. whole thing was... This whole movie's confusing to me. I, I felt a lot of things watching it from, like, this is fun to, like, I really need to turn this movie off. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it's, it definitely feels like the the studio wanted Joe Dante. It's like, hey, Joe Dante, we need a sequel to the to Gremlins. Like, that movie made so much money. He's like, you want a sequel, eh?
2: I'll give you a sequel. You want
0: a sequel, <laughs> eh? I'll give you a sequel. You got to let me do all these things. And it's just like, it, just, it seems like almost, this movie's almost made with, like, reckless abandon to what anybody would want besides
2: Joe Dante. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he stood upon, like, a body amount <laughs> of, like, Gremlin puppets and just started cackling.
0: Yeah. Um I don't yeah, that's basically what this movie is, is like a giant pile of Gremlins cackling. Yeah. yeah. Um You're complaining about ones not even complaining, but you're mentioning like the bar scene in Gremlins One. You're like, oh yeah, this movie's getting a little defocused, but like kind of this entire movie is like the bar it scene. It very in much Gremlins is like there's 1. no
2: focus. Like I think after like the first act, I'm like, oh, this is just what the movie is now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cutter, do you like this one as much as the first, or is, is it just, like, different for you, or...
1: Um, I don't really le- love it all that much. I do think it has, like, a lot to offer, because it has kind of, like... I mean, look, we got Christopher Lee, just full-on, like, evil villain out of nowhere, in a, and everyone in New York is a villain. <laughs> and yeah. I love, I love, like, the kind of... Like, all the pseudoscience and the henchmen and the absurdity kind of stuff. Like, I love all these different scenes. And I love also the stakes of our character working on... Um, they heard our cries from the first movie. He's working on, you know, making Chinatown a more, like, excellent place to live and not be, like, fully, you know, tourist central. But the, the boss is, like, trying to make it all about consumerism. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff kind of weaved throughout. Of course, it gets into absolute meta breaking insanity, but it's a good when time. That the bat bursts out yeah, the I wall guess... and it makes the Batman symbol. Yeah. <laughs> yep. did, that you, did that get you excited, Briefly, Connery, with the I Batman was, symbol? Every time I was like,
2: oh, hey, there he is. <laughs>
0: Connery, the year before Tim Burton's Batman. Really? Oh, that's mm-hmm. fun. Oh, wait, no. I think I'm wrong. This came out in 90, didn't it?
2: Yeah. Yes, because I'm like that's the exact yeah. Batman oh, logo. God. With Tim Burton.
1: I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. Yeah, Batman's 89. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um.
0: um yeah. Th- the way this movie goes about its themes, did I, I? didn't really even put it together till right now. But uh, I feel like "Sorry to Bother You" has got to be in- inspired by Gremlins 2 to some degree, right? Because there's like a lot of discussion of ca- like capitalism and and business in in both movies that are like it's like a satire on uh american business corporate culture and everything and uh millionaires and using i mean they don't really go into detail in this movie about like using the middle class but there's just like like land developers and stuff like that as well as uh prosthetics and puppets puppetry um and it sorry to bother you just kind of has this like chaotic energy that this movie also has, uh, and both kind of get their points across in very, uh, unfocused ways, I would say.
1: Well, yeah, I think around the same time, like you're in sorry to bother you and you're discovering the, the emerald centaur room and wondering (laughs) like what's going on is about the same time. The movie in this one you know it has the the real break and all of a sudden the whole thing melts and you're back in a movie theater with someone complaining that moment yeah.
2: for me was when the Gremlins started singing New York, New York <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. start spreading the news <laughs> Wait, start spreading. I thought it was going to be start spreading the news but it wasn't and I was kind of sad um
0: yeah, it's always funny when that song's in movies now because I always forget that it's it's like more recent than you think. No, really, because isn't it original song for like the Martin Scorsese movie? I don't know, New York, New York. Yeah, because it feels like it feels like a thirty does. song or something.
1: Never seen that movie. We're talking about the De Niro one, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I think most people
0: haven't, including me. Like it's it's one of his less seen movies, and it's. I mean, it's a, a musical by Scorsese, so it's kind of. Uh...
1: Yeah, I mean, aside from that, it's a Liza Minnelli-driven musical, <laughs> so you would assume it's like very popular. But sometimes the songs outreach the actual movie. Sometimes yeah. there's a well. Let's let's
2: stop dancing around the real subject of this movie. Who's your favorite Gremlin, everybody?
0: I guess the vegetable gremlin. <laughs> There's too many of them. I don't. I, I even wrote down right underneath vegetable gremlin in my notes. I hate the doofus gremlin. <laughs> the, the one that's just like, sounds like goofy or
1: something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And the doofus gremlin is so, like, he gets so much screen time because, like, when Phoebe Cates goes back and, like, saves him, it's such, like, how did you think that was gizmo? Like, what are you doing? yeah yeah he does look the most like Gizmo, I guess, and
2: but yeah I guess that's another th- he he goes from like energetic to just plain stupid, which I thought was really weird <laughs> um there's just uh i mean uh,
0: yeah, they just kind of accelerate everything from the first movie um i mean it's it's kind- it this movie is a commentary on sequels themselves, so that's like the meta point, i think, but at the same time they're also just
2: mm-hmm.
0: they're also just uh, I don't know, it just doesn't feel as inspired in a lot of ways. But then again, it is a sequel. And the point is to be meta about it. I don't know, basically this movie had me chasing my own tail,
1: if I were a dog. I mean, chasing my own tailbone. We do get this kind of, like, love of all things, you know? You get this, like, classic celebration of, like, horror movies. And then at some point, you get Gizmo dressed up as Rambo like protecting the day you know they all want to yeah. like it's everything they can and you have some like the kind of grossest sludgy prosthetic stuff where like isn't it amazing when they when they get wet and they all like birth new gremlins like, the way they all pop out in it it's absolutely amazing how they yeah get and when it. they get all melted at the
0: end too and you oh, wait, that's the same thing right melty gremlins
1: well, yeah, I guess it is. Like they get melty, but they they all die at the end when they get wet that time because of the they all get electrocuted at the same time.
0: Oh, right, that's what it is. Yeah, they get electrocuted by the electricity gremlin on accident, right?
1: Yeah, the electricity gremlin is their like undoing while they all get wet. I think my favorite of the gremlins is well, one I really like that chef gremlin that pops up for like just a couple minutes. He's like just a goof. I just like his design and like the way the chef hat is. I just think the way they did like the teeth and his skin is really unique. Um, but I like the, uh, I do like the big brain gremlin, the guy that gets the talking ability. I don't know who does that voice, but I love him. Yeah. He, he definitely sounded Australian,
0: but I don't think he is. Um, I gotta look it up real quick. I had oh
1: Tony Randall. I don't know who that is. He must yeah. be, like, some kind of classic, like, that kind of older era, like, talk show host. Yeah. he
0: uh, He's in My Little Pony the movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's wow. in The King of Comedy.
1: King of Pony. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, here's... Oh, Joker. <laughs> As himself,
0: well. actually. So, that does make sense if he's, like, yeah, an announcer. This is something I should have looked up before, but I think this movie just put me off from doing more research.
1: How did you guys <laughs> watch so the movie?
2: Yeah. HBO Max. So when
1: you guys watched the movie, you got to the part where like the celluloid, like, like they stop the gremlins mess with the projector and stop the film reel and all that. Probably yeah what? yeah
0: which I guess uh the VHS oh, okay. home release of this was different where yes that's of what like, I yeah. that's what
1: I wanted to mention is like so I grew up with like the VHS and the VHS is like they so when you watch it now on HBO Max or if you get to see it in a theater the the gremlins interrupt the projection they melt it and then someone comes running out and they talk to like the theater attendee and then they go and get uh Hulk Hogan to save the day but when you watch a VHS, it's like full on the VHS and like it gets all fuzzy and like interrupted like the old VHS tapes. And then it's like a dad is at a Blockbuster and he's like yelling at the Blockbuster employee to like return his tape. Like the, the quality didn't rewind and they get into that. So it's like a totally different kind of circumstance. But eventually there's Hulk Hogan again. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. How do we all feel about that whole interjection scene where the gremlins stop um, the movie? I think it's fine. It's some
0: of the stuff that, like, at the time... Like, so much of this, this whole movie is incredibly anarchic. It's, like, one of the most an- anarchic movies I've ever seen. Uh, anarchistic? Anarchic? What's the word? Full of anarchy? Uh, where it just keeps <laughs> stopping and starting in a lot of ways. And at the time, I feel like this was probably one of the first movies that kind of like does this especially in relation to being a sequel to something um i can't really think of anything that's a sequel to like a hit blockbuster that kind of i feel like this movie definitely like circumvents a lot of expectations of what an audience would want and therefore also is why it was a box office bomb um but yeah i mean I, i think that scene is cool but it's just also at the same time another thing that's going on and it's just like okay like you're just throwing more things at the wall and like that's cool like all this is really well done but i just got kind of like the pacing of this movie i don't think is super great like i got was pretty exhausted several times by just being like all
2: right here's another crazy thing that's going on but uh Mm -hmm. yeah i I think i maybe said this before but i just had the urge like turn off the movie. Times. I was like if I was like, if I could walk away at any point and didn't have to do an episode, a podcast episode on it, I would I'd yeah
0: try. it feels like it's the kind of thing where it's just like oh, if this like not to get too uh high and mighty about it or whatever, but it's just like, oh, I could see this as like an art installation <laughs> like it it's an art piece in a way where it's just like this is what the sequel to a giant blockbuster movie is, this is what I'm gonna do to all of you like how he had this much control and power to make a movie, and they like let him do this um and it's not ent- entirely enjoyable most of the time but just the fact that he like made this statement i think is very like worth noting but it's not necessarily an enjoyable movie if that makes sense
1: i think yeah, the seasons. sequel that does kind of get into this territory is if you've ever seen, um, Texas chainsaw massacre part two. Oh yeah.
0: You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It kind of I...
1: gets into that. Like, so Tobe Hooper gets to do whatever he wants and he creates, it's like a weird black comedy slasher where like the radio host knows that Leatherface existed in Texas and then like introduces him to like all these other terrible people like they're getting hunted down and i i don't know i feel like that kind of has the same problems where yeah does it get to does it love it i i kind of wonder like does joe dante love the gremlins so much that this is a way for him and his friends to all have fun or does he just do it because he wants to hate it so much it's kind of a weird thing
0: yeah, it feels like both. It's just like, I don't really know what to do with this. They want a sequel. I'm like, okay, finally, this is the idea. The only way I can make a Gremlins sequel is if I kind of like destroy everything <laughs> at the same time. Or it's just, it just, like it feels like he wouldn't want to have <laughs> made a Gremlins 3. Town. You know,
2: like there's not, he had to, huh? What do you think, what do you think would be Gremlins 3? Would they go to Hollywood? I imagine well, that's the next thing. Uh... I don't know. It just feels like this
0: movie implodes. Like, so I don't, it just feels like, this movie's telling you there shouldn't be a gremlins 3
2: (laughs) there shouldn't be a gremlins 3 i mean there is
1: the there is that tv series that's coming that we talked about and you know but if you look online it says that chris columbus finished writing a gremlins 3 script like many years ago and has confirmed it does exist but you know what it's about Mm. who knows I don't want yeah. to jump the gun, but I will say that this level of sequel and self-hatred and reflection and things you never asked for is, like, very much what Matrix Resurrections gets into. Oh,
0: I would say oh also, no. like, I haven't seen that yet, but I would also say to, like, a different, like, a similar vein is, like, The Last Jedi for me, where I don't think that that's a movie where... I, I don't think this... I don't believe this at all, but several people are like, ugh, like, hate Star Wars. Like, just, But it. what I really enjoyed about that movie, seeing it in theaters, especially the first time, is like subverting a lot of expectations of what the audience expects to happen in a Star Wars movie and doing something different. Yeah. And that's what I got a huge kick out of uh, beyond anything else. So that's like... It's not nearly as chaotic as Gremlins 2. Can you imagine if Last Jedi was like Gremlins 2? <laughs> like...
2: What would that know. format even be? Like just like the the what's it called? The pork. Porks are everywhere. Or I don't know, Darth Maul shows up.
1: Uh <laughs> 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 on his spider legs in the clone. There you go, Spider Gremlins. Yeah, Spider-Maul. It's funny you say that because like that crazy whiplash feeling you get from Gremlins 2 is exactly how I feel with episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. It's absolutely like mm on this tear of ideas and trying to keep up with the whole cast and just so massive so quickly with so many dumb thoughts to put in there that you can't keep yeah. up where it's like, where it's like the last Jedi is like the rules have been changed.
2: And then what's called rise of Skywalker says, no, they aren't. The rules well, are the same. Been just, yeah. Yeah. It's not even yeah, just that it just
0: like feels like they just made it with like reckless abandon they're like yeah we're just gonna but like Gremlins 2 is a lot more thought out than Rise of Skywalker I think or like, it's just like that's just kind of like yeah we just I got to make this movie I guess like it's it just feels like a paycheck almost <laughs> where at least this like Joe Dante was still inspired by whether by a combination of love and hatred for his own creation <laughs>
1: somehow i mean look you it. see the movie start i mean the movie starts with that kind of looney tunes thing where it breaks the fourth wall and daffy duck attacks daffy ducks ta- bugs. attacks bugs and then yeah, gets over totally the wall like i think you know this movie knows what it wants to do from the very onset of it it just uh yeah is right. impossible to take in
0: Right, like, it knows all the things it wants to do, and it's probably all these ideas that have been percolating in Joe Dante's head for a long time, like, so many of his direct influences, while still being meta about it. Yeah, like, I did not expect just Bugs Bunny and and Daffy to to show up in the beginning, and I'm also just like, oh, well, that makes sense why he went on to direct uh, Looney Tunes back in action later on. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) Which is an excellent
1: movie. Excellent movie. It is! Thank you, Cutter! (laughs) I played the video game wow. too. I,
0: I love any movie where Brandon Fraser plays his own stuntman.
1: <laughs> Brandon Fraser and uh, Heather Locklear is so great in that. That's a good movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, we'll have to cover it somehow, some way, some point in time.
2: It's our podcast. Uh, we yeah. do whatever we want. <laughs>
0: yeah. Somehow Joe Dante's returned. You really got me, Connery. <laughs> with. The... this is basically what this movie is like somehow the gremlins have returned except it actually is fine as opposed to like oh let's bring palpa it's like they made nine gremlins movie and somehow stripe was like in two of them and then they brought him back in the
1: ninth one yeah somehow stripe has returned (laughs) (laughs) he's like a different stripe though he's like this weird like black and white skunk stripe i like him his design a lot in this yeah it's it's yeah, they give the gremlins more personalities
2: even like in their Gizmo. He actually has forms. like a spike
1: spike Mogwai thing. And,
0: um Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't like the other Mogwai in this. Like that's my like that's my personal preference. It's like, oh I liked all of them being like Gizmo and they're just like <laughs> chumming around and playing Donkey Kong and like goofing off. <laughs> but in this one, like all the other Mogwai are like
2: basically already bad besides besides uh Gizmo. Yeah. That may be like Gizmo is so much evil inside <laughs> of him. <laughs> and he's also just deeply stupid inside somewhere. Well, too. we all are. Both of those things. <laughs> yeah. We all have an evil. Yeah, idiot I didn't inside. like the goofy
0: one because he reminded me of myself.
2: <laughs> Dark reflection. He's basically like the Jar Jar Gremlin. Giggling. Jar Gremlin. What about the moment the cigar that barely says anything he just goes, rrr, rrr more like a gargoyle well, than oh you know gremlin. who's even
0: more like a gargoyle than a gremlin
2: <laughs> yep the
1: bat gremlin him flying up and landing as the gargoyle is one of cinema's greatest moments like it's so <laughs> absurd and they it like is. deviate from the story to watch like the watch the grand rise up to the manhattan skyscraper for like over a minute it's <laughs> yeah. so indulgent it's so it great is,
2: yeah it- they show that during every Academy Award ceremony, yes. the clip show.
0: Anytime you see like a, a minute of a movie, it probably took like it's like it could have taken anywhere from like <laughs> a, like an hour to multiple days to a week,
2: Day. and
0: it's just like just the fact that they put so much effort into this uh, this thing that has nothing to do with the actual story, and just imagine. Yeah, just it's imagine working on this movie. It's like okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Like just trying to follow along with what this movie is going to be, and like, like I can just imagine some crew members being like, "Yeah, I don't know what we're doing here, but <laughs> but we're doing it."
2: I like when the SWAT team comes in with like assault rifles, like they're going to start gunning down gremlins. I was kind of curious. I'm how surprised that would it didn't go. come sooner. Yeah, right.
0: But yeah, in the sense of the story, and then uh, Dean Norris is like the police captain who shoots his gun into a gremlin. It's like he's like, I thought it moved. It moved, sir.
2: (laughs) But he's like, Right, good. They gotta sweep the top floor. So there are some stragglers from like there was a a gremlin hiding in the trash at one point, I think.
0: Yeah. Um I don't even remember who was trying to look up
1: here. I want just... to give a uh, shout out. Like, I think the m- music in the movie is like really fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's a
0: lot more oh, noticeable, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's Jerry Goldsmith. He returns and uses most of the same score he introduced from the first one. But something early on in the movie I always love is you You hear, you know, Gizmo's little whistle and his hum before you see him for a bit. Yeah. And you kind of, like, immediately know it's him. And he's throughout the office when he's, like, trapped in his little thing and, like, or he's in the air vents. He's always whistling. And then the score builds and, like, uses his whistle. It's really great. And I also love that, like, when the characters are talking about it, like, when they're looking for him, like, the girl gets into that office and hears it, but then she picks up the wrong one. But it's just, like, a good... yeah kind of like little cute character motif that he gets to yeah. have.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, oh, Gizmo's theme, but it's like a motif more than... than a it's gizmo.
1: more, and then like later when it becomes, they like, he changes it to a minor key when he's like all sad and goes Rambo. Like they make it so dramatic later in the movie. <laughs> it's beautiful.
0: There's even a cue from Rambo, I guess, because Jerry Goldsmith also did the score for for Rambo. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I never knew that. <laughs> so he was able to use it. Um, That's so good yeah it's weird that how like this movie's so much more chaotic than the first one in some ways a lot grosser but it's (laughs) it's uh more tame in terms of violence i guess like gremlins aren't just straight up like killing people like in the first movie
2: yeah they really aren't openly murdering people they're just kind of having a fun time running through the building yeah Which, uh, yeah, it's
0: just a lot more chaos, and uh, that's what some people were saying, some of the people rating this, like, better, like, as good as Gremlins 1, where it's just, like, it's, like, just, uh, it's not nearly as violent, and it's just a lot of satire and stuff, so it's actually, like, better for kids, in a way. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the first one's too violent, I'm like, I don't know, I just, I like the first one so much.
1: Is the over-sexualized woman gremlin at the end of the movie good for kids? That's the, my real question. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know yeah. if it's good for kids, but it's good for that guy. It
2: teaches them.
0: <laughs> Who falls in love with Lady Gremlina at the end, apparently. He's like, eh, why not? <laughs> He's like intimidated, but then like gives in to Lady
1: Gremlina. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: gives in. There's
0: that like three is... different names for that
1: gremlin. That is probably like my least favorite part about it, and the way that the movie ends with that after like it's all been taken care of, and that thing is like what's left is so. I, I mean,
0: I mean, like, what else is this movie gonna do at this point? You know, like, Some it's already aren't like meant to
2: be spliced. It's
0: already so exactly. off the walls that it's just like, why not just do that? I guess.
2: Do you think the third one will be that Gremlins pregnant with like a human Gremlin hybrid or something?
0: Yeah, it's like yes. It's like the end of Alien
1: versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> the yes. Predalien. That is exactly what it's gonna. Well, it's like the only the only Gremlins that are left. There's the woman Gremlin and there's Gizmo, and they're the only ones that are left at the end. And it's just so like, wow, this is this is definitely setting up for something. If they had to, <laughs> a final showdown. <laughs> so weird.
0: I mean, they could do that where it's like. Gremlins Three is like Aliens, and it's like the Queen Alien, which is Lady gremlina <laughs>
2: with these like disgusting human gremlin hybrids. Yeah.
1: All right, let me ask you guys. I'm actually ask Connery since this is his only time he's seen mm-hmm. the movie. Connery, what's the last time you see Christopher Plummer in the movie?
0: Christopher Plummer, or Christopher Lee,
1: Christopher Lee. Sorry, Plummer. I don't know oh. where my brain went. Uh, I
2: remember seeing him in the lab when he says that line some things aren't meant to be spliced or something
1: and then he, and he disappears I don't remember seeing him again so Christopher Lee is actually like mid-sentence when the real break melts from the pr- from the projector getting oh, melted yeah
2: oh right
1: and he never returns to the movie after that that's well, the Gremlins killed him they killed him in our reality you just they just like totally abandon like this character that like could help with the science and like knows what's going on and has seen the whole thing and he just gets just melted by hulk hogan and then like hulk hogan (laughs) when they come back the movie just doesn't have any of that anymore it's so sad
2: yeah they're like yeah we're done with this guy
0: (laughs) yeah you're i didn't even think about that and it's almost weird like having christopher lee in this movie because I mean, the way we know him, really. Like, I, I feel like our generation is from Lord of the Rings and, I guess, I guess, Star Wars as well. Um, where it's like, oh, he's, like, the elder statesman, like... And, I mean, he's the elder statesman in this movie, too. Like, he's this, like, horror, like, icon to this, to, like, Joe Dante's generation and everything. And it's like, Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. used him in 1941. <laughs> um, probably Spielberg's own New York, New York. But uh, he... And then like Dante's using him in this, but it's like it feels like his role is like, at least for me, I'm like several times I'm like Christopher Lee needs more stuff to do in this movie. He's Christopher Lee. He's amazing, and then yeah. he's kind of just like I was surprised he's almost like I was almost surprised he'd be in this movie because he doesn't do a whole lot except show up and like it's probably an easy paycheck though. He's just mostly in yeah, that lab, fun. and he's like this is fun camp.
2: He's like my grandkids watched Gremlins one. I'll be in Gremlins too. That's fun. <sighs> yeah, I wish he was in it more. He's so yeah, good. me too. I
0: wish something happened to him. Like, I don't know. It'd be he cool if there was Hulk like Hogan. a big aliens type fight where he has a machine gun and is fighting all the gremlins or something and gets ah! taken
1: over. <laughs> Can you imagine? He had a metal band. That'd have been cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at it, it kind of does assert that he's successful at cloning humans. If you look at his two assistants. <laughs> yeah yeah played by real twins
2: um <laughs> i'll like, say they're not twins he cloned him yeah
0: yeah that 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 was also very like
2: who came up with
0: all these ideas i just don't know i don't know where this everyone comes gave from. themselves a
2: concussion and wrote the movie
0: yeah joe dante's a mad genius himself
1: he is that's great <laughs>
2: um
0: what like i do i do wish gizmo had more to do in this movie but then again it's it plays into like the whole like a mission statement of this movie where it's just like yeah if this was a more typical blockbuster sequel Gizmo would have a lot more to do he'd be with Zach the I main character like Zach Galigan I forget his character's name Billy Billy
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and they'd they'd have more stuff to do like but it, they kind of get split off this whole movie like Gizmo's off doing his own thing. There's a whole training montage with him, but he's just he's just Weak. like this little guy, so he stinks. I'm like, okay, like it, this would be fun if he uh, got really buff or something and they had like a really I'd bu- love
2: he was just ripped in <laughs> the final scene.
0: He's like te- he's like eight feet tall and like he's like Hulk Hulk Gizmo or he's something. He's like stripe! But it's really just kind of played off as like cute, which is fine, but it just kinda of eats up a lot of time.
2: I mean What do you guys think of uh the girlfriend. I feel so bad I don't remember her name. Phoebe Cates? Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates is a character when she reveals she not only has a Santa Claus scar, but a Lincoln scar as well in her mind. Yeah, that was
0: another thing where I'm like, uh, all right. Like,
1: I know yeah, what you're was... doing.
0: You're commenting on your own movie, and I don't. All right, Deadpool. <laughs>
1: all right, Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Step aside. It's kind of a bummer, because, like, I really like that reveal. We talked about it on the last episodes. Like, I really love that reveal of her, like, trauma, especially around Christmas, because I think Santa trauma is just, like, so strange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's such an oddball thing. Also, like, it it takes place where they're on the run out of the building, like, towards the end of the movie. And it just kind of, like, hits at this time where you're already, like, Bludgeoned by everything else going on. <laughs> yeah, this movie is definitely bludgeoning. <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, when you said Santa trauma, I kind of just remember this. My my family friend Danielle O'Brien, sister to Haley O'Brien, she had Santa trauma when she was a child for such a long time. We'd bring up Santa Claus and she'd scream and cry and run out of the room. Because she didn't like the idea that he could get into their house whenever he wanted. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's a fair thought, but I'm like, he's doing good things. She's like, no,
1: he's in our house!
2: I can see all of you. <laughs> I see all of you. I've seen everybody naked. I don't care. It's not good behavior, but I don't care. <laughs> it's not like good behavior, but... I don't care, but you're not going to get a gift. Um, who is it
0: going to... I was going to liken someone's performance in this to Biff Whiff from I Think You Should Leave, but I can't
2: remember now. Uh, is it the grandpa? Is it... Uh
1: if you want to see uh the next movie she did phoebe cates is that drop dead fred with the imaginary friend and that movie's absolutely oh god yeah bonkers and a strange way to deal with like (laughs) family and her own trauma In that it's very odd
0: yeah that's a movie that i have not seen but i've listened to like three different podcasts on and i keep on being like i need to watch this at some point because there's certain movies that I'm like, I don't think I'll ever touch this movie unless I can contextualize it beforehand. Um, so. You know,
1: Phoebe Cates is great in it, and it's another um, another one where Carrie Fisher pops up like in The Burbs from Joe Dante. Oh, yeah. You know, there's not too many of these kind of like dark comedies that have some of these people. It's good. Uh, I, we jumped over a little bit, Cutter. Do you,
0: do you like the idea of a buff gizmo, or do you um, like the training
1: montages? All right. I'm okay with the training montage for Gizmo cuz he's just so damn cute, but it's also like I just wish there was more room to breathe in this movie cuz by the time I by the time it happens like 20 other things have happened where I'm just yes. like collapsing. But I do love like <laughs> I like this movie a lot because there is so many memorable things that I think in another generation would be like a really cool like you know 10 years later this would have been like vines. Of like gizmo vines or like you know gremlin little gifts and and that's kind of like where this movie exists in my life now is it's all the good memes and gifts
0: yeah so you're you're saying I should make a Gremlins two TikTok video yes
1: Yes. you should and I do think that also this movie that like I know Connor you, you didn't love it so much but I do think if you have the opportunity to see it at a movie theater again is that this gremlins 2 kind of excels so much as like the people that you're with if they're liking it it kind of continues mm. to get that good yeah we all become the gremlins we all become...
2: it's like a mass hysteria kind of
0: yeah thing. i i was kind of feeling that a little <laughs> bit in the movie too where it's just like oh like this would be greater in theaters and some of it is context based on the time like it's being so like this movie was probably a lot funnier because it does a lot of things that like i said earlier like deadpool would do <laughs> you know but like 20 years ago and i hate that sentence <laughs> <laughs> but it's true like he it's like oh i'm i'm commenting on like the fourth wall several times and yeah. and uh, but i do also imagine like i i'm bum we we didn't get to go see it at the new bev but um just cuz that especially since it's a smaller theater of like people that are kind of like in on a lot of these kinds of things but i just imagine watching this movie and like the theme song really just stuck in my head for like days after this but just yeah and then people just watching the movie in the theater and just like throwing popcorn around and like i just imagine people like jumping in the air and stuff like during this movie like i know people wouldn't probably actually do that but it just has this imagine
2: everyone becomes a gremlin yeah pretty much like it's just so anarchic like
1: I just think it needs to have a triple feature where it's like Gremlins 1, 2, and then they play Snow White right after. That's yeah. really just what it needs.
2: Yeah. I can't believe you're telling me this. It sounds so macabre.
0: Yeah, in the first movie, they're playing uh, Snow White. and this one, it's like some vintage, like, softcore vo- volleyball porno thing. thing. Yeah, I forget what it was called, but um, I'm sure that's something Joe Dante also knew.
2: I'm sure that's something Joe Dante also knew. <laughs> Well, how about this? How about we wrap things up with our final thoughts? Um, hmm. Do you think
0: Joker stole the scene in Gremlins Two, where Big Brain Gremlin shoots the guy on the TV show?
2: Yes, uh, Joker is a that whole movie's a thief about something in general.
1: So. <laughs> I God mean, they, I think they both stole it from Network. It's like, that. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Like, bam, you're out of here kind of thing.
0: Ooh, you know, I will say Gremlins 2 is a better uh, homage to Network. <laughs> don't look up. Yes. And Joker. Take that. Um, Cutter, is there anything specifically you want to talk about in this movie? Just before we kind of, like, wrap it up more? Or?
1: No, I, um uh i do think that it kind of is one of those things you do have to just experience and see with your friends and um it makes me happy every day that i'm don't partake in giant corporate life and i can just appreciate the movie life and the weirdness of the efforts everyone put into this insane sequel the whispered conversations and overcrowded hallways yes
2: the cardboard scenes the painted scenes the sound here the Early Morning Madness, The Magic in the Making. What is this? Are you t- are you t- Everything's as if you never said goodbye. Are you, in- are you sending an incantation right now? What are you seeing? Yeah, I'm cursing someone. <laughs> no.
0: That's from Sunset Boulevard, the musical. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I didn't talk about the set design at all in this movie, but it's all, like, I don't like it. But, I mean, it's really well done. But just compared to, like, the first one's, like, this idyllic, you know, middle america town and of course this is supposed to be so opposite of that everything's so metallic where even the plants are painted silver (laughs) and it's just like oh i get it but i'm like i don't like looking at this um we paid artists for good art and you're showing this shit in your cubicle (laughs) (laughs) and it is pretty uh like uh it's pretty smart where the, the the like owner of the whole corporation or whatever he's just like Oh, like I want to buy the rights of how your town is built off of you, so I can sell that back. People don't want to live in the city anymore; they want to move back out, out to suburbia. I'm just like
2: His roommate, the biggest, baddest, loudest, quiet, biggest, greatest, most intense, quiet small town. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and just that stuff is very true of that time, and as well as now. Um, yeah, land developers and. Wow. I, I was just, I guess, going into this, I expected there to be uh, even Trumpier, because people say he's, like, very much like Donald Trump. I'm like, yeah, I guess so, like, in a very, uh, like, Ted Turner or whatever, it's just like, he is, but... Oh, he seems
2: nicer. Yeah, I wanted like, him to be more insufferable like... and evil, because...
1: Yeah, because that's the man. <laughs> yeah. If you look online, there's a good number of articles of, like, people talking to Joe Dante, like, what he thinks now about what he did for Donald Trump, and... And he says he's a big fan. He says, like, he said that he wishes, like, Joe Dante, like, doesn't regret, like, kind of lampooning this or any lampooning, you know, Donald Trump. But he does long for, like, the times where, like, you know, Mr. Golden Billionaire could just be a funny clown instead of, like, someone that's, like, actually a big pervasive part of our world or people <laughs> that are like him. So I feel like it's kind of like Joe Dante kind of has to deal with a little bit of what he created or, you know, where humor and society started getting pushed into all these zany kind of corners because now we now it's all true.
0: Yeah, all true. I mean, it's also, I guess this is all hindsight and everything, too. It's like taking a multimillionaire with horrible ideas, like not as seriously. It's like, oh, they're just a zany, stupid person. Yeah. But then uh, they and get they enough power and their... <laughs> th- things get real bad or whatever. You know, it's just like, I'm not going to get into detail, but... Society. So- <laughs> if anything I learned from Todd Phillips' is Joker and Gremlins too. the new batch, it's society. <laughs>
2: I remember when I sent you and Lily a Merry Christmas thing with my Batman thing, and you sent back like the Joker with like a Christmas hat on, <laughs> I was like, "Where do you find these?" <gasps> <You're like>, <laughs> this is I the know? only thing I. You're right. You did text us Merry
0: Christmas, and I just sent you a ba- back a picture of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker with Santa makeup.
2: <laughs> I was like, "Why? How?" <laughs> uh, until the joke becomes real much like (laughs) until we put on the makeup for episode 100 (laughs) yeah
0: yep um connery final thoughts on this movie
2: um i've said before i'll say it again it's it's really zany and fun i i never mentioned this but i really enjoyed the redheaded lady's performance as well i thought she was fun oh
0: yeah we didn't even mention her um uh, uh uh what's her his name his
1: boss
2: <laughs> his billy's boss yeah yeah, billy's boss evelyn morris evelyn morris i thought she was really funny grant she had that like wonderful accent that i always think is really funny <laughs> yeah uh oh because she's in she's from 16 candles mm. as
0: well as uh is it geddy or ged watanabe um i don't know he is like the cameraman in this. And I think that's like the least funny stuff in this movie where it's just like, Oh, it's just kind of like lazy eighties humor where they're Ah, they're kind of like, Oh, he's the Asian guy. So he's going to be cameras, but it's very
1: stereotypical.
0: I was about to say, but, but not, but, Um, but that's the same actor who plays like long, long duck dong in 16 candles. So Joe Dante cast both these people probably from saying 16 candles um but yeah i that's a movie i haven't seen i think in part because of that character um yeah you know bad
2: stereotypes bad bad um but yeah i guess that my final thoughts are you know it's good up to a point and that there are several points where i was like i kind of want to walk away now (laughs) yes
0: uh the gizmo construction and everything like its movement of the puppet is really good. Like it feels a lot more mm-hmm. lifelike. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, you actually get like head to toe walking shots, and you get that little great one where he dances outside of the cage when they first take him out in the lab.
0: Yeah, I think that was one of the hardest scenes to film because it just like took forever, um, and uh, his eyes are just so expressive. Like the I I uh... <laughs> what are those called? Eyelids. <laughs> I really have a lack for like basic words sometimes. Um, words are hard. Words are hard, quote the franchise. Speak no good easy sometimes. <laughs> but uh, just the way he like blinks and everything, it just feels a lot more uh, detailed and emotive.
1: So I like that a lot. Mm. Uh,
0: would you guys watch Tyler? A Gremlins 3?
2: Yes.
1: Yes, inject it into my veins like all of the weird chemicals they take. <laughs> <laughs> Splice me up. I would love to be
0: a guest on a microwave cooking show. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrifying. I hated that. I thought it was so gross. Uh, there was a <laughs> where I was in Salem, I think, and they had like one of those uh, used books. Like you know, you're supposed to leave it in your neighborhood. Like just leave a book mm-hmm. and take a book. And I opened yeah. it just to look what was in there, and one of them was microwave cooking for one. And I'm just like, oh, you're just pranking <laughs> someone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and someone just takes it out and like puts it in their jacket. And
0: yeah, just sadly, I'm like, oh, that's kind of a jerk move. Like trying to spread education, but you're just like, hey, hey, I'll put this
2: in there. <laughs> Got you. Little... There was one in my uh, local neighborhood and, and over in Glendale when I was walking Niles. I found one and it had a bunch of board games in it. And I was like, this is interesting. Oh, that's <laughs> it was awesome. Very eclectic. Yeah, that's cool. I think there's even a video game in there too. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> it's just an old wet Game Boy Color game in there. Yeah, I was like, this is really bizarre. I, th- I think it was more like a PlayStation 4 game or something. I was like, yeah. wow, this is weird. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I sound Cutter, like an idiot. Cutter White, thank you so much. <laughs> you gotta do, wait, <laughs> since you said that, you
2: gotta do the dumb gremlin sound again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You did that voice when you're describing Niles' internal monologue. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one doing it. <laughs> you're like, he just sounds like an idiot. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it cracked me up.
0: Connery's dog, Niles, is a, is both a mogwai and a gremlin.
2: Yes. <laughs> I was doing my workout today, and he just wouldn't stop barking. He screamed the entire workout, and I was like, oh, my God, why? <laughs>
0: you got to make him get buff like Gizmo. Oh,
2: we're working on he it. He could be we're your workout partner. Um, He just chews on the bands. He can't. <laughs> he can't hang. Well, he can't hang like the Bat Gremlin. No. No. <laughs>
1: Cutter, Doctor Catheter White, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be the person that gets to break the rules of a different guest for each part of the franchise.
0: Yeah, that's your that's your yeah. role. You're the uh, you're the, rule, the breaker. rule breaker. Oh, great!
2: That's great. Local bad boy Cutter <laughs> White
0: rejoins the franchise. We're gonna start calling you that. Local double <laughs> the feature bad boy. Local bad boy double feature white. <laughs>
2: That's it. You're right. You're not a grimoanologist anymore. You're a local bad boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Back with us is Cutter, local bad boy, uh, double feature white. I totally forgot it already. Okay. Anyways, do you have anything to plug before we go?
1: Um, I am an assistant director working in the film industry. Uh, yeah. Always trying to stay busy and connect with new people. Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet: Instagram, Twitter. Leatherboxed is at Cutter White. Yes. Cutter
0: White is a hell of a AD, and so true. In layman terms, assistant director, and uh, uh-huh. anything production-wise, hire this man. He'll whip your team into shape, and he'll drop Gremlins references sometimes too. Yeah, he does the laugh. <laughs> Local bad boy ad cutter white. <laughs> <laughs> you should put that on like a paper resume since we don't even really use resumes in like the film industry. But you should just make up a mock <laughs> ones like all the things you've worked on. It's like cutter white, first ad slash local bad boy,
1: <laughs> a reoccurring podcast guest. Yeah, that's how local bad, bad boy. boy. That's how you get into the DGA. They're like, oh, we're impressed by that. You can turn in those oh, local bad boy. You can huh? turn in those days.
2: Where's your toothpick and leather jacket credentials? (laughs) Connor? what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice, you'll also enjoy tabletop role-playing games. You'll probably enjoy Starship Impala. It's an actual play role-playing game podcast where me and four other amazing friends play the Starfinder game. You can find us on the SoundCloud app or the Apple iTunes podcast app. Tyler, what do you have to plug?
0: Uh, Follow me at TommyVice on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Letterboxd for... My movie logs, my tweets, all the great things. Any photo shoots I've been doing, I put them on Instagram usually. Uh, Follow us at the Franchise Podcast at gmail.com. Rather, email us there for any questions, compliments, concerns. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always forget the third positive. crises (laughs) (laughs) crises <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh and what should we be doing we're supposed to be sending in recordings for an upcoming special episode thank you cutter oh,
2: hey why not blast that out into the world Tyler. you're a we'll better maybe some guests you're a better there some like listener
0: things you're a better host and a badder boy than me cutter white <laughs> 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 um yeah we're about to do our 100th episode very very soon so hey if anybody i was gonna do this just for guests but if anybody wants to send in little uh comments, record them, and uh, send them in, or if you want to just email us, we'll, we'll read them out. We're so yeah, close. and we'll only
2: be a little disappointed if no one says anything.
1: Yeah.
0: That little <laughs> disappointment will go a long way. <laughs> Where should they send them to? At the franchise yes. podcast at gmail.com. Woo! Or you could just, uh, anywhere, on our social media, just send it to us. Whatever is easiest for you. But email... We look forward
2: to hearing your concerns. Your
0: decision. Um, you know... Follow us on franchise Pod Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everywhere. Thank you to Grayson Hansen for our artwork. Nick Favorka for our music. And we have covered such franchises as Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure, where their advice is to be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling the Gremlins vibes right now. And I say, be anarchic to each other.
2: dun 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 happy
0: 2022 everyone hopefully it's full of chaos
2: (laughs) (laughs) goodbye
0: everyone